Welcome to Never Again Is Now, a podcast about anti-Semitism. In this episode, we'll talk with a remarkable high school student who developed a curriculum about anti-Semitism for middle schoolers. I am Evelyn Marcus, and in addition to being a psychologist, I am featured in a documentary about anti-Semitism, Never Again Is Now. I am a Dutch Jew, and a daughter of Holocaust survivors. In 2006, I emigrated to the United States because of the rising anti-Semitism in Europe. I am Phyllis Simbler Miller, the founder of the free nonfiction Holocaust theater project, ThinEdgeTheWedge.com. I grew up in the town of Elgin, Illinois, in the Midwest, the neighbor, a Jewish community that did not have survivors. Our parents and grandparents had come the turn of the earlier of the 20th century to escape the czar and other programs. And yet in 1970, only 25 years after the end of World War II, my U.S. Army officer husband and I were stationed in Munich, Germany, and this changed our lives forever. Brooke Ruttenberg is a student, a senior at Windward School, a private high school in Los Angeles. She has been volunteering for several years at the Holocaust Museum in Los Angeles. When she noticed a lack of education on anti-Semitism at her school, she decided to write a curriculum herself. She wrote an op-ed about this decision that appeared in the Los Angeles Time. Brooke, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I get to ask the first question today. So could you please further explain what made you write a curriculum for middle schoolers since you mm-hmm. are a senior in high school? And, and, and why did was the topic um, a little broader than just anti-Semitism? It was also on prejudice and stereotypes. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I feel like middle school is such a crucial age to kind of like develop opinions and learn the foundations of discrimination. Middle school, I feel feel like is a time when you really begin to start forming opinions for yourself. And high school is more of a time when like you take action. Um, and I remember being in middle school, not really learning a lot about um, anti-Semitism and the Holocaust like at my school. And so I really wanted to bring that into middle school. And originally when I started making um, or I had the idea to create the curriculum, I wanted it to be kind of like a basic lesson plan of the Holocaust Uh, But, you know, as I researched more and more, like, I kind of realized, like, anti-Semitism didn't start with the Holocaust, nor did it end with the Holocaust. It still happens today. Um, And I think there are so many different components about anti-Semitism, like the manifestations, like how it happens, like what we can do about it. And um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, prejudice and stereotyping and the scapegoating and propaganda, a lot of stuff that was prevalent in the Holocaust and in other manifestations of anti-Semitism. So, I mean, I think that teaching middle schoolers about that is um, would have been very like great for me. And so that's like why I chose to do that. Amazing. It's very special uh, that, um, that a high school student uh, undertakes uh, um, something like that. It's, uh, it's really great, Brooke. Thank you. Is there something in your personal background that also motivated you to to write this curriculum about anti-Semitism? Yeah, I mean, like from when I was young, 
I mean, my parents, they've always made it like a priority to teach me about the Holocaust, teach me about um, our Jewish history and, you know, like not just about the bad times, but also like about celebrating um, like Jewish, um, being Jewish. And so from a very young age, like I've, you know, I like went to Hebrew school, I had a bar mitzvah, um, like Judaism has really always been a part of my life. Um, and especially like after the murder of George Flo- George Floyd, like it was a lot of schools, I wrote about this a little bit in my article, but um, have been implementing like diverse, like DEI programming to their schools and as a hundred percent they should. Um, and I think it's so necessary and like so amazing um, all the important work that um, all the schools and organizations have been doing. Um, but I kind of noticed that anti-Semitism like wasn't really a part of the conversation um, and talking to other peers at my school, they felt the same way talking to students in different grades, they felt the same way. Um, we'd have, like, I'd have like conversations like with the teen board at the Holocaust Museum and everyone was kind of thinking the same thing that it wasn't really paid as much attention to. And I feel like oh, the reason that could be, I just like speaking from my own personal, um, my own personal experiences, like we're very lucky to like, or I'm very lucky to like live in LA where there is a very big Jewish population um, and like a very strong community. And so um, I feel like some people probably don't think that it's as necessary to because, um, well, at least in my school, like there's a lot of Jewish kids. um, And so they might not, or I feel like administrators might not think that it's as important to talk about that. Um, But as soon as you get outside of like the like into the broader community, um, like we're like a very very big minority, and just hearing like all different perspectives, I've like kind of realized the importance of like there needs to be like there needs to be anti-Semitism education, and I can't wait for that to happen. Like I need to do something myself. Fantastic. Um, did you get any help with writing uh, the curriculum? Yeah, I mean, before I started, like, it, I definitely had to conduct my, like, due diligence. I reached out to, um, like, some other schools in the L.A. area, and I kind of, like, talked to the um, head of, like, DEIs and sent them questions and stuff to kind of inform how I would go about the curriculum. Um, you know, I kind of asked them, like, what was already being implemented in their schools? Um, would they even, like, be wanting to use something like this? Um, like, how do you... I guess, like, like, what kind of, like, lessons do you feel like your students are most engaged in? And just questions like that. Um, and I also talked to um, some people at the Holocaust Museum, um, like, education advisors, and they were really helpful in kind of guiding me on, you know, topics. And because obviously, like, there is some pretty, like, heavy stuff and um, teaching about anti-Semitism. So kind of getting their um, their feedback and their input about kind of how it's best to approach um, such a vast topic is really helpful. Great, great. Let's, let's talk about the exact curriculum itself. Now, Yeah. it's four units, it says on your yes. website, but can you yeah. explain that one period? Explain how it works. Yeah, so basically what I have is a four-unit curriculum. Um, it could it's totally, like, customizable if um, someone sees, like, oh, like, I really want to use, like, unit only unit three versus like all of them. That's totally fine. Um, it's totally just whatever, whatever anyone like um, feels is most useful for them. But it's four units um, kind of 
each unit's supposed to like build off of each other. So the first unit is about like defining um, prejudice and stereotypes and kind of looking at um, like the emotions associated with that. Uh, I think I show um, or I show um, like a piece of propaganda from Nazi Germany and I have them an analyze the image through the lens of thinking about prejudice and stereotyping. And then the second, um, the second unit is all about kind of looking at propaganda and scapegoating through historic anti-Semitic events. So I have one pages about um, the rise of Nazi Germany, um, the Spanish Inquisition, pogroms, um, and Imperial Russia. And within that, like have included examples of propaganda and scapegoating. So um, you can see how it, how apparent it is, um, how like types of discrimination, how events even happen in the first place. It's because of like, you know, like the hateful ideology of um, prejudice and like propaganda and like all that stuff. And then unit three, I actually interviewed a Holocaust survivor, um, David Langa, who actually, he spoke to our um, teen advisory board um, like a couple years ago and his testimony was just, it was like really captivating. And he, he talked a lot about also at the end, um, like the importance of anti-Semitism education. And I thought if I could get him to like contribute a video, his testimony, I thought that would be really special. Um, so I was really happy that he was able to do that. Um, and then the last unit is about kind of like using all of the knowledge gained and taking action. So I have also, again, like a little excerpt of David, like talking about um, what we can all do um, to take action in our own lives. And yeah, pretty much it. And all of this is online. And it yeah, so I have a sample on my website. And if anyone's interested in using it, um, there's a little like, like contact section. Um, and you can contact me and I'll add you on. Um, I have like a Google Doc with the curriculum. Can you give us uh, the URL of your website? Yeah, it's just historyintoaction.com. Okay, okay. And we'll, we'll share that at the bottom of uh, the interview. Perfect. And do you have an overall name for this curriculum? Yeah. So the curriculum is named History into Action. So that's um, okay. Yeah. And I think the name is it's very fitting um, because a lot of it is learning about the history. I think it's I'm a believer in learning our learning. I'm a believer in like learning about history because I think it's so important in understanding our present um, and doing things to combat any type of discrimination like in the present and future. So. Yeah. But, it, but it's not meant to be used. A curriculum is just not doesn't have to just be used in a history class, right? It can be yeah. used in all kinds of other classes. Yeah, any kind of class, like homeroom style classes, history classes, like after school programs, clubs, like really, really anything. Got it. Okay, this is so exciting. Evelyn, it's your turn. How, Brooke, did the school leadership react to the program when you uh, presented it to them? Yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky to go to a school where all the administrators and just everyone is so receptive and like supportive of my, um, of, like my ideas and my suggestions. Um, so they really, I got so lucky um, that as soon as I presented it, they were really on board and um, kind of helped me like find a way to bring this to my school. So I've been teaching it in to middle school in um, seminar classes. Um, and that's been going well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very lucky how receptive and open my school was. 
That's great. How, how did the, st the students react to it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the students, I've gotten a lot of feedback um, from like students coming up to me and saying, you know, like, well, I really haven't had any kind of anti-Semitism education. I'm really happy that, um, you know, like, like they're we're learning about it we're learning stuff um so it makes me feel good that you know um my concerns are also shared by them and they're getting to um to learn about it like through this curriculum and i think the the approach you take in the program is that you 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 give examples of mm -hmm. anti-semitism but you uh you make it examples for for hate in in general i think racism in general yeah yeah so it's very much like um discrimination um anti-discrimination curriculum like through the lens of anti-semitism mm -hmm. like propaganda stereotyping prejudice scapegoating that could be applied to everything um or to all types of um discrimination and in fact like the first unit is a little bit like more broad to all types of discrimination um, but learning about it through the lens of anti-Semitism is really, really my goal. I would like to give a shout out to the founder of your school because I knew her personally, Shirley Woodward, and she was a marvelous, marvelous mm -hmm. person. And so I feel that the school reflects her openness. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. I thought we should give her a shout out. Mm -hmm. and so other schools can use it themselves. Have you considered that you will teach uh, through Zoom or something the courses for other schools? Has anyone asked you to teach it? How's yeah? What are the next What are the next steps? Next steps, yeah. I mean, I have some schools in the LA area who are using it right now. Also, who've had signed off on using it. Um, but I would love to you know, um, teach it to other schools. Have continue spreading the word, getting um, other schools, not just in the LA area, but like maybe across like California or just across the country to use this curriculum. Um, I want like as many people to be able to use it as possible. Um, and hopefully I can teach at other places besides my school. Yeah. I, a little clarification. So let's say I want to do unit one. How long yeah. do I need, let's say my teacher, whether I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you to do it or I'm going to do it. Yeah. How long do I need to allocate for unit one to, to, to be fair, you know, not just to give it, you know, yeah. Give us a little idea of which the optimum time you think should be spent on just the first unit, just to give us an idea. I mean, the first unit, I feel like it really depends on student engagement and how much they want to contribute to like a discussion. Um, but when making the, the when making my curriculum, I really try to design it for the teacher that doesn't care, um, if that makes sense. Yes. For the teacher who kind of like doesn't know a lot either, doesn't like um, know a lot or maybe like doesn't have the time to prepare or maybe just is just doing this because like they they were told to um so i have like step by step instructions on like leading um on leading like a teacher through everything including the discussion um but to your question it depends uh, like in some of the classes i've taught like i've had really really like lengthy discussions and some have been a little bit more um like concise and a little shorter um so it really depends like how students respond but i would say like half an hour you can like get it done like 30 to 40 minutes one unit okay. the first one yeah and just as a decide what are your career goals do you want to get a phd in education i mean what are your yeah i mean i'm pretty like i don't really like know at the moment um i'm pretty like open but i know that whatever i want to do i i want to continue like making an impact 
um, and like having the knowledge to continue um, combating anti-Semitism and um, positively like impacting my community and maybe like more like wide having like a more widespread impact as well. I like that idea. So something related to that or to help me do that. Okay. Evelyn. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you did you have you been awarded for for this endeavor? Uh, no, I haven't received any awards for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I published an article in the LA Times teen yes, section, which I yeah, I thought, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't really received any like specific. Did you get no. any feedback from that article? I mean, that's how I we found out about you. But- yeah, yeah. I mean, like just I just had like people come up to me and just tell me how much they resonated with it um, and how like they just agreed with everything that I had to say. And they're so happy that, you know, someone like took action, like took action on their beliefs, because I feel like for me personally, when I was, you know, like a freshman and sophomore in high school, like I would kind of like notice these things um like but not really like do anything and so I think that I've just received a lot of positive feedback about people like really happy that like I've you know taken the initiative to do this and um yeah feels good (laughs) when did you start uh teaching a curriculum in other words was it last school year I started so I finished the curriculum like over the summer I would say probably like maybe at the very beginning of the summer um so I started teaching the curriculum at the very beginning of the school year Okay. So for a couple months, yeah. No, it's very fresh still. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, I th- I think it's amazing uh, what you did here uh, in in a day and age when uh, teaching about anti-Semitism is not uh, always seen as as necessary or right. acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but your experience is that s- students, Jewish or not like what you teach them yeah and and you make it also into a broader applicable Mm -hmm. uh course than only uh on on, on discrimination of jews but yeah in general so i i think it's brilliant what you did there thank you so much what recommendations do you have for other students who feel that their school would need more educational anti-Semitism. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I'm very lucky to go to a school where, um, like, everyone's so receptive and, like, open to hear my ideas, and I realize it's not, like, a given for everyone. Um, And I would say definitely, like, if you feel safe doing so and you feel supported doing so, um, like, voice your opinions, like, voice your concerns, um, because like the worst thing that can happen if you try is that it doesn't happen and or someone says no that's the worst thing that'll happen um, so I say if you feel comfortable um, like speaking to an administrator like taking um, the initiative on your own like I would definitely encourage um, anyone to do that and I think also in this day and age like given um, you know current events um, and everything that's happening um, it's so important that we deal with anti-Semitism preemptively rather than one, like waiting for when it happens. And I believe like anti or education is the biggest part of that. Educating people um, about anti-Semitism and discrimination, how it happens, like why it happens, like who allows it to happen. I believe that that's like how we like a very big way and how we can combat anti-Semitism um, and like combat the surge. Um, but again, if I, if any student, I would say, 
feels comfortable um, taking the initiative on their own and talking to an administrator, talking to someone, like definitely just go for it. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable, there are so many resources out there um, to get involved, join um, like student organizations and educate yourself because um, I feel like that's just as important. Educate yourself and those around you, whether it's with like administrators help or, or not. And maybe uh, suggest your program to the school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Do you have any last thoughts? This is this is so important. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to, since we're, we're doing well on time, I do want to ask a question that a little, well, you'll see. Yeah. Has anyone ever said anything anti-Semitic to you that you have been unprepared to answer or you've been able to answer and mm -hmm. you've been able to diffuse the situation? That's something we're starting to look at in terms of helping yeah. our guests, our, I mean, our listeners. And so since you are so amazing, I just yeah. wanted to know if you could share an experience like that with us. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever dealt with someone um anti-semitic like to my face or um like say something blatantly anti-semitic in front of me or anything like that um but I mean in a day and age when social media is very much is very prevalent very much like what everyone's doing you see anti-semitic stuff like on the media um and I think that it's just important to speak out against it um like use your voice like educate others um around you um yeah but unfortunately like or fortunately I haven't um like experienced that personally but something that I've talked to some of the administrators about at my school is that I'm very much like in a LA bubble right now I have a very strong like Jewish community around me but I mean I'm gonna go to college next year I don't know what's gonna happen um anti-semitism is very um prevalent on anti on college campuses yeah. um unfortunately and so um, I also, I established a Jewish affinity group at my school. And so part of my um, reasoning for doing that is that it's important to have such a strong community and discuss these things so that we feel like prepared um, once we do go to college or if we go somewhere different or go somewhere different where there is a little bit more anti-Semitism being like prepared and well-equipped to handle that. Could you just say one more, a couple more words about the Jewish affinity group? Yeah. I want other people to hear about it. My daughter yeah. works at a major organization here in, right. in LA and they finally got a Jewish affinity group. Mm -hmm. so yeah. What you mean by that? Yeah. So Jewish affinity group or affinity groups in general, it's basically like just a safe space of people who identify as um, a certain like thing in this case, as uh, people who identify as Jewish um, to come together and kind of discuss important issues and also like about celebrating um, holidays in my Jewish affinity group. I brought in a couple Holocaust survivors to come and speak um, when the Texas um, the Texas synagogue hostage situation happened. We had a whole meeting where we, you know, talked about that and we discussed that um, as a community. We, um, you know, commemorated Holocaust Remembrance Day as a community um, and also like on some holidays like Shabbat, you know, like we um, you know, like we play like dreidel and like do all those like fun um holiday things. Um, so it's just about I feel like it's been really amazing having a space where we can both do like some more serious stuff and also some more lighthearted stuff. Um, just having like that sense of community. So uh kids who are at let's say public schools where they're very much Jewish kids in the minority, right? 
this is one thing that they could do on their own if mm -hmm. they can't do uh, get your curriculum in place, but do feel sort of unsafe that they can create these safe spaces themselves. Right. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Yeah. That's why I wanted you to mention it because uh, I think it's very important. And also, I know without naming my daughter's employer, that now there's no excuse if if the company does something not anti-Semitic, but doesn't pay attention to certain dates or something, mm -hmm. then the affinity group can go and say, you realize maybe you should have looked at the calendar. I mean, right. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Or or do that ahead of time rather than one person. I used to be the person who said, do you realize you're having this event on whatever yeah. for the group to go, right? And say, mm -hmm. safety yeah. numbers. Yeah, I've had those experiences too. And I think it's so important to use your voice if, for example, like just speaking like as a student in high school, like if a teacher um, assigns like a test the day after, um, I don't know, like break the fast or something like, and you're, you know, you're fasting, you're at temple, whatever, like use your voice and say like, you know what I have uh, like other obligations. Like you, like if it was another holiday, like you probably wouldn't do that. Um, or just anything like that. Or if there's a like Jewish holiday that the school didn't like acknowledge any school um, using your voice to say, Hey, like maybe we should, you know, send like an email out, send like a flyer out or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely like agree with what you said. Excellent. This has been a very important interview. Anything else you'd like to add before we thank you? For um, no, I think we covered everything. Thank you again so much for having me. Oh, our pleasure. And thank our listeners and everyone who has not yet seen Evelyn's documentary, Never Again Is Now. It's available on Amazon and YouTube. And you can get more about my free nonfiction play at thenedgeofthewedge.com. And everyone, without putting yourself in physical danger. Please speak up against anti-Semitism and all hate.